Welcome to FamilyCast. I'm Kyle Gowen. And I'm Amy Gowen. We're glad you've joined us today. FamilyCast is a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. Hey folks, welcome to the podcast today. We're so excited about uh, you joining us. Thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, in making the podcast what it is, the way that you share it, the way that you rate it, the way that you uh, are telling folks. Those things are so very important to us. As you rate the podcast, as you uh, share it out there, it spreads the word uh, about family cast. And so we are extremely grateful for how you do that. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, when I say that, uh, I mean like really special. I've known uh, these folks for an extremely long time. In fact, I've known one of them all of my life. Well, all of my life except for like four years. Uh, it's my sister. Uh, she's four years younger than I am. And uh, her name is Tracy Fields, used to be Tracy Gowen. Her husband is Greg Fields. And we've invited them on because, uh, one, we want them to talk about a, a great passion that is a part of their life. Uh, they are involved in adoption and foster care advocacy. Uh, they live in, in Texas, where uh, Amy and I both grew up. And uh, Tracy is involved in advocacy and uh, helping with the foster system. She gives great uh, counsel and wisdom. Greg is an LPC, license, I guess that would be licensed uh, professional counselor. And uh, he is also an elder at his church, Cross Point uh, Church, Cross Point Fellowship, uh, there in Greenville, Texas. Uh, Greg is also, um, has also pastored uh, several churches and been involved in local staff ministry. So they have a ministry heart and they come to adoption and foster care from a gospel centered perspective. And so uh, we're excited about them uh, being uh, on the podcast today. Tracy is uh, probably the fun one of the two going kids. She's the one that people laugh at and enjoy. And uh, I'm probably the one they tolerate. So uh, guys, thank y'all for being on with us. Oh, I will say that I knew Tracy before I knew uh, her brother, Kyle. So shout out some of the funniest and most fun people. So welcome guys to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Hello. And in fact, just so you guys know, they are, uh, they're talking to us from their dining room table also, where we do all of our podcasting. They also are coming uh, to us with, uh, from, from their dining room table in Greenville, Texas. So again, thank you guys for being with us. Yeah, it's we're like so glad. at the same table. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. In fact, we've had a lot of conversations around that table. Well, yeah. yeah. We yeah. have. Okay, let's just jump in, guys. Why don't you tell us a little bit, um, maybe how long you've been married, and just kind of describe your family. Okay, so we've been married for 23 years, and uh, we have five kids. So uh, our oldest is away at college and is 19, almost 20. We have one that's graduating um, in a couple of days, and she's 17. Uh, we have Two more girls, one that's 14, one that's 13, and a little boy that is eight. And um, our family, I guess, would be described by most outsiders looking in as being a transracial family. All right. What does that mean? Give me, I mean, kind of break that down a little bit. 
So it means that uh, we progressively get darker. How does that sound? Because <laughs> I am about as white as you can get. And then uh, I married Greg, who is mixed. And then uh, he is Indian and uh, black and then in, uh, and Polish. And so he's kind of a Hans 57. And then we went, uh, we had Abby and Ellie who are they a good mix of us. And then we have a child that is... Uh, biracial, black and white, and then we have uh, Afri- two African-American children. So actually, um, I don't know if transracial is right because you're actually the only white one. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So Tracy, how's it feel to be the minority in your yeah, family? Yes, I am definitely the minority of the family in every every way that that can be defined. Yeah. Greg, how uh, how did how did your family... Uh, How'd your makeup happen and everything in 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 your home? Obviously, I, well, I say obviously, uh, your two older daughters are biological. Right. Uh, how how did you guys uh, kind of feel led to or stumble across? I don't know what the word is. How how did all that happen? Well, we had talked about um, adopting really early, mm-hmm. um, and I I actually had not I didn't remember that until I mean. I didn't remember it until we started talking about it again, that we'd actually sort of started out that way. And I think that it was just a sort of the, the you know, coming together of some circumstances. I was in seminary and um, we had just moved to Waco and we're sort of getting established there. And then uh, I think Tracy just started to talk more about uh, beginning that process, and there was a training um, and thing, that, and she'll suggest this later on. It was a um, uh, what is it? Just an informational yeah, yeah, meeting. Yeah, informational meeting, and then they had training, and so we just started going through that. Um, and was the training through like uh, uh, a government no, option, it was, or it was a third? It was a it was a third party that would train families for the state, for CPS. You know, that the CPS accepted that training as... So that's Child Protective Services, is that right? Right. right. Okay. I mean, in Texas. Yeah. But there, there are lots of ways you can do that, though. Like, we went through uh, CPS twice uh, for that training, and we went through uh, the Arrow Project another time. Children's Hope is one. And so we basically this sounds kind of cheesy to say this, but we just kind of stopped saying no and just Mm -hmm. said, let's just say yes and start moving forward. We know that it's not actually committing us to anything initially, but let's just start moving forward. Mm -hmm. And like most families who have this call or this even just desire or interest to do foster and adoptive care, we started saying, you know, we kind of thought we had an idea of, of what our family was going to look like. And that's what we moved forward in. And then, um, Ultimately, it, you know, the reality of everything began to open up for us when we got a call. Okay. Well, that's a that leads me to a good question, um, because it sounds like you guys were on the same page as far as wanting to foster, mm-hmm. one day adopt. Um, walking into it, did you do you feel like you had unrealistic expectations about the foster care system? Well, let me, yeah. I'm going to throw also this. Did you start out wanting to adopt and then ended up in foster or did you end up in foster and say, okay, now we want to adopt? We started out, well, and this was me. Tracy was willing to do um, anything 
And I was less inclined to do foster to adopt, which is you start out just fostering. And then mm -hmm. if um, the child uh, it become, it comes a, becomes available and because parents, you know, didn't follow through or rights were terminated, but they, the term that they used then was uh, it was either straight adoption or foster to adopt. And I was really only open to do straight adoption. Okay. So, but the difficulty with that is, it, you know, it, it, that can be a long time or then it could be a long time, a very long process before you actually could adopt mm -hmm. a child yeah, and, they, yeah. and they weren't in your home ever up until, I mean, and so... So, um, so eventually we did foster to adopt because, all right, with, you know, there's, this, this is really the way that this is going to work best. And it, it does. And one of the reasons why you need, in, in our opinion, believers and good parents, it, they can be singles or married couples, whatever, who are willing to foster to adopt is because you want a child to have to avoid a lot of transitions. So if you have a family that says, we're going to take this child and do foster care and this child's going to be in our home. Number one, it, it helps to alleviate some of the trauma and the traumatic situation that that child's in. And secondly, the child bonds with you. And as long as the child can bond, I mean, that's fabulous and, and will bond with you. Then if when the child, let's say the child does become legally free um, because a parent doesn't work the plan or, or, um, whatever, then, then you have the first option to adopt the child if there's no family that can do that. Of course, we always, you always would, would want reunification. You would, you would want a child to be with their family of origin because obviously that's, that's how the plan goes. You know, you want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But if not, the child would be with you earlier and, and you'd be able to move forward and provide a stable home for the child a little more quickly. So back to Amy's question now. Amy, ask that one more time again. Yeah. So when y'all were going into um, the foster care system, looking back, I mean, were you realistic in what you thought was going to happen? Um, I, I wasn't. Um, I think, and I think that the, well, two things, and this is the, in fact, it's interesting. We, we went to this, uh, we weren't, or, yeah, we were doing we, this last panel that we were on. It's funny this story. Some uh, a, um, a lady she came up to us, and I didn't remember her, but she would tell me that she had used this this sort of image uh, a lot because it resonated so much. Mm -hmm. um, and that was you know we had this sort of picture frame of what we wanted our family to look like. Yeah. And so it was, I think that it was unrealistic in that uh, there was a lot of focus on, um, okay, we're here trying to get, you know, this life that we want put together. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big one. And then, um, you know, the other big, big moment where that becomes clear to me is when we were, uh, the first foster uh, placement that we had was the uh, two girls, and um, and when um, when I when I so whenever they were there, and and I mentioned this before that it's sort of like this, you know, 
picture moment. This mm -hmm. is like a movie thing. I mean, it's just, you open the door and we did, we actually really did have a long sidewalk, you know, coming up from yeah. the street. And they're coming up from the street and the, you know, the, the worker, the caseworker is holding one of the little girls who's just crying and crying. And then the other one is just, you know, she's really quiet. And, and, you know, I, I think that that was a real shift for me because I realized that that, that there was something more that we were doing here, yeah. that this wasn't, wow. that, that what was coming up our sidewalk that wasn't, you know, you know what that didn't sort of work with. Oh, okay, let's put this in the picture. Yeah. It wasn't picture perfect. No, no, no. And it, you know, and it was, and it, and it, and it wasn't about us putting anything together. Right. I think at that moment, what what hit me, I, and I thought after the fact, thinking about this, at that moment, what hit me was, okay, so fostering to adopt isn't okay now we can have them in their in our home and then we can adopt them it was okay in the event that you can adopt them that's great but in the meantime you are caring for them you know yeah let me ask you this how through that through that experience and the other experiences that you've had with fostering to adopt how have you seen uh, the gospel played out in that? Well, I think my entire view of the gospel has been shaped by it. Um, I don't really know, like, and I'm, I'm even crying talking about it because today was today was difficult and like with this whole, um, with our family, it was difficult and going into worship yeah. this morning and just hearing this message and being reminded again of how, how God, you know, the words, but God and coming to this realization that, you know, behavior is not, what God is looking at, mm -hmm. you know, that God moved toward me, um, not based on my performance or if I was good this morning or anything mm -hmm. like that. And so it really moved me mm -hmm. even through the service I'd had a, this morning I had had, it had been a difficult morning because, um, we have children in our home who have really been impacted by early trauma and by um, in utero effects. Mm -hmm. And so this morning I wasn't getting what I felt like I needed mm. from a child to feel yeah. good about our family and to feel good about um, who I was as a mom. So we went into church this morning and I was in like such a bad place and just hearing, hearing that sermon and the words, but God, that's, I, I was able yeah. to take my hand and to reach over and put my hand on my child and realize that that's what God does to me every single moment. Like the gospel is like lived out, I think, in this picture, you know, mm -hmm. and one of the books that I've recommended on the list that um, you said that you'll publish is, is, uh, you know, the gospel comes with a house key. Mm -hmm. um, by Rosaria Butterfield. And one of the things 
I've just been so um, renewed by listening to her talk about just her work in foster care as well. Mm -hmm. And it just kindles this fire in me to just see that foster care and adoption, not just, I mean, there's many people who are going to listen to this who they're not going to feel moved to open their home to do foster care. And that's okay. They may not be moved to adopt a child, but they can take an open stance toward a family Mm -hmm. or toward people who don't have a family and bring them into their home. And, and, you know, love them. And that's the gospel, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. that we sit across from the table and we say, this is what Jesus does. He brings yeah. us to the table the way he, he brought Mephibosheth, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. this beautiful picture of the gospel. And so my entire view of the gospel has been changed by it. Well, I know that there are going to be uh, some resources that we'll put in the uh, in the show notes, and so you'll be able to to get those and and everything. So uh, you you'll be able to 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 download those or to see those, get links to them and everything. So. Yes, yes. So these are going to be great, and I just want to um, thank you guys for your transparency and your genuineness because um, you know I think we've got to have real conversations mm-hmm. about how this yes. looks fleshed mm-hmm. out. So thank you for that. Um, so like if, if a couple is listening and you've kind of said this already, but just reiterate, what are some, I don't know, two or three things that you would tell a couple to do, um, if they're just getting interested in, in taking the next step, what would it be? So I would say the first thing would be go to an informational meeting. Um, child protective services will offer those every month. You can call your local agency and just ask when the next informational meeting will be. It's not anything that you're signing up for. You're just going to listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, I would talk to other foster parents. Um, I would really listen to what they're saying as far as, you know, the difficulties and the blessings and the joy and what they're learning. And the third thing I would do would be, I would, I would move forward and move toward, um, I guess the phrase I'm going to use again would be take an open stance toward foster and adoptive mm-hmm. advocacy and foster and adoptive care until God tells you to stop and see what happens. Okay. Greg, uh, you guys have been actively involved in like you mentioned some panels. So panel mm-hmm. discussions being, you've led conferences. Uh, what are some conferences um, that you would recommend if someone said, hey, I want to go and just kind of listen and learn some more uh, and those types of things? Or, or are there some that, that you would recommend? Or, Well, I think that the big one that I would, just because it's they've got a national sort of, or the presence is that, and it's easier because they, I think they're still doing this. Yes, they are. Okay, yeah. They will do, they will um, simulcast. Yeah, simulcast to a church. Um, so you don't have to go somewhere, but it's the Empowered to Connect conference. Okay. Um, actually, Empowered to Connect is is now in a station, I guess, sort of uh, their home base is in Nashville now. Um, and so that would be actually, there's multiple, I think, reasons for that is that. Um, uh, it's a it's a great entry point or sort of immersion mm-hmm. into um, lots of good you know developmental information you know uh, some some myth sort of exposing um, 
uh, you know, things that can happen, some, um, some real, some really good information and, and that, and, 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 uh, realistic. I think now you guys are involved in, uh, if I remember right there, because we have, uh, quite a few folks who listen in, uh, in Texas and in the surrounding States there, you're involved with a conference there. Or you used to be, I mean, you may correct me, a group called tapestry. Is that right? Are you still involved with them? And they're still here tapestry and they've actually got, they don't, they do the conference and they have, they offer a lot of different kinds of, um, educational opportunities and, um, uh, uh, support sort of, um, experiences, uh, and they're in Irving. Okay. Uh, that Irving Bible. Yeah. It's Irving Bible with Ryan North and you could, anyone could, could, uh, Google and find him and he's, he'd be a great resource. We're going to, we're going to link, uh, the tapestry conference in the show notes. And, uh, what were the other couple of books in case someone is riding down the road right now and they can't, uh, get to the show notes quickly. What, what are a couple of others that you were suggesting? So I've got four that I would suggest. One would be adopted for life, which would be, uh, by Moore, and then the connected child by Dr. Karen Purvis, um, one that influenced me a great deal was God's Neighborhood by Scott Rowley. And then, of course, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one, I think, that's kind of maniacal, too. Um, and I would say this because I think sometimes folks who are who will enter in and start to hear some of the stuff that like in Connect a Child or in Empowered to Connect, you know, they'll start to hear brain stuff. And um, or you know information about neurobiology, and and they may think that that is it, it's sort of like uh, exclusive to to these you know kids who are coming from these places. And so there are two books: the Whole Brain Child, it's excellent by yeah. Siegel and um, and by, Bryson, and Bryson, and then the other one that they have is called No Drama Discipline. Mm-hmm. And I always think of those as like, okay, so here's, here's that information, you know, for normal kids, right? But it just sort of flattens the playing field so that yeah. people kind of enter this going, oh, okay, this is like, really, this is all of us. Right. I mean, we yeah. can talk about this neurobiology thing regarding all of us, you know, but then we start, you know, talking it in more specific ways with these kids. And that just seemed... Because, you know, I would hear people coming in and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, and so I, you know, this was a nice entry point, both yeah. the whole, whole brain child and no drama discipline. Um, because, I, you know, it, you know it, maybe it helps people to see that, okay, this is, this is, a, this is a way we function, mm-hmm. you know, Good. and how function can be affected yeah. by yeah. early trauma or you know, long-term yeah. trauma. So anyway, I, I like those just... I think they were really helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they sort of helped me cross that bridge and move from this, you know, well, they're just not listening, this kind of, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, and I think that's one of the questions that, you know, that we've talked about a lot around the table is that of, of, you know, how we entered into this, having this idea that, well, we're good parents. So we know what we're doing and, you know, what we realized is that we had a lot to learn and mm-hmm. it, it challenged us uh, again, like I said earlier, to understand that all behavior is communication and begin to maybe try to interpret some of that behavior um, as instead of just like um, 
you know, going straight to correction and, you know, something you said in one of your podcasts with uh, Evan, I think last week was you said it differently, but it was the exact same thing was that we don't ever want to correct with, without connecting. Mm. We Mm. want all of our correction to be linked to connecting. And um, so you said the same thing basically. And, and so um, I think that's, we've really learned a lot when it comes to that. So I'm, I'm very thankful I know that, you know, for us and, and, you know, adoption is, is never plan B. It's always plan A. Um, and the same with foster care, God uses all of it to, um, to glorify himself and so thankful that we've been a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Before we close out, um, are there one or two things that you would say again, I just want to make sure that this is really clear. Someone says, you know, I'm not certain if I'm wanting to take that next step yet, but how could, how could someone uh, be supportive? How could they be involved with um, foster care or encouraging those who are, uh, who are actively involved uh, mm-hmm. in uh, the foster system? What, what, what would you say a couple of things there might be? Well, one, one big one is, um, and Tracy has talked about this before, is, uh, you know, there could even be varying degrees within that category. There's somebody, you know, they're not really sure they want to do that, but, but, you know, they really want to get in, you know, be a direct help and doing, getting, getting trained so that you could do respite, right? Because in some cases, you know, parents can't just leave their kids. So doing like a respite care or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, um, because there are some cases where they can't leave their kids um, with anybody, right? I mean, just anybody. It has to be somebody the state will approve. And so that can be a big, a really big help. Um, So that's one way. Now you sort of go down the ladder. And um, another way is just being available, you know, listening you know, asking, you know, even asking, hey, how are you doing today, mm-hmm. you know, right now? And just being open to listen, right, and, and, and hear, and without, uh, you know, making suggestions. You know, our church, our church is actively involved in the, in the foster uh, care and encouragement by offering uh, pathway classes is what they're called here, I believe it is, and some training classes. Um, we have a an incredible ministry called the uh, Shepherd's Closet, where um, there it's it's a it's a free store basically where people can come who are who have foster kids that just show up, and there are clothes of all kinds of sizes, all different seasons, all different. Um, uh, so that, so that it, it helps encourage and take some of the, the initial burden, so to speak, or the weight yes. of having kids come in and you yeah. don't know, yeah. you don't know yeah. who you're yeah. receiving that night. And so yeah. that closet is open, um, periodically and that's housed by, uh, some incredible, incredible leadership and volunteers through our church that, uh, we'll make sure and link so that you've got a way to uh, get involved in that. Uh, and things like that. So I appreciate you encouraging people from yeah. that standpoint because there are, you know, we're all called in some way to be involved. Uh, some are more direct line, front line uh, right. involvement, 
And mm-hmm. then there are those who are in uh, maybe more support and supply line mm-hmm. uh, kind of things. And so that's uh, hugely important that we want to be a, uh, also continue to advocate for. Yeah. So. And it's, imp- it's important because, you know, you know, there's a difference between, um, and I think this is, you know, one of the things that you, you hear a lot of mobilization kind of talk. Yeah. And there's a difference between mobilization language and, you know, sort of really kind of training and cultivating, you know, people to actually do that work. Mm -hmm. There's a place place for mobilization, so it's out there. But maybe sometimes people confuse mobilization mobilization language for, oh, that means I've got to do this. And I don't know that I want to. And, and maybe, and then maybe you have groups that can maybe confuse the mobilization language and they are like, no, 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 we are, everybody should be involved. And maybe being okay with the, with the fact that, okay, so that's not really how I'm set up, uh, but I can do this, right, but I can right. do this really well because when, when, you know, when folks really get sort of go into this and this is not really where, this is not the part they wanted to play, you know, it, it can be difficult and it can be a problem, Yeah. right? I mean, it can lead to, you know, some real difficulties, both for those folks, those parents and, and the, the kids that they're trying to serve. And so it's okay to play different roles. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to defend it or justify, you know, just not, not wanting to, not wanting to go over there, but, I, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Know, right. Well, I love the idea of um, and the fact of the church stepping up uh, to be the body Mm -hmm. uh, to support um, in all stages uh, the homes that actually have kids Mm -hmm. in them. Um, And like in our in our church, there's a lot of different ways to get involved. And, And Tracy, I love what you said from the Butterfield book about just having an open stance to be available and be ready. Um, I do want to give a shout out before we leave. Um, I know another book that gave me a really um, realistic picture into the home of a foster family, foster and adoptive family. And it's your book, Tracy, It's Nearly Normal by my sister-in-law, Tracy (laughs) Fields. Um, But I do want to say it's such a, um, it's funny for one thing, and I read it and hear your voice. So I love that. But it's also, it's such a real picture of what it looks like. And it doesn't have to be normal. Nearly normal is is enough. Um, So thank you for writing that. And we'll put it in the show notes too, because I know it's a real... A valuable resource. So I want to just say thank y'all for taking the time uh, to do this. It's always fun to talk to you guys, but I'm glad we could push record and let other people hear some of our conversation. Well, we're thankful uh, that you guys have joined us. I want to say how excited I am about uh, us doing this. You guys have done an incredible, incredible job. You're still in the midst of uh, being the Incredibles. You've got kids at all different stages, all different ages, uh, all different kind of things going on. And so uh, you have been a model to our family. And so we are very, very thankful Absolutely. for that. Uh, and I know that the Lord is using, he, he uses all things uh, for uh, your good and his glory. And he is using what you're doing, your story. He's writing a unique story. Uh, and people are getting to hear that all around. And so I, I hope that through this, uh, we are able to 
uh, to be a part of that in some way. And so uh, thank you. And thank you again for not necessarily trying to be uh, normal. Uh, you guys are doing something that is completely different. And uh, I am so very, very thankful for it. Well, I want to say thank you to y'all too, because uh, probably once a day we say, I wonder what Kyle and Amy did with how they did this right, or their kids are so great. What do we need to do about this? You know, or things that y'all said uh, before us, you know, that have, have really shaped the decisions we've made. So, well, you know, uh, the, the, the great thing is, is that we both know each other's backstory yeah. and we both know that uh, things aren't nearly what they seem. So. But God. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But but God. Yeah. We'll just say, no, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us on Family Cast, a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. We ask you to subscribe to Family Cast on your favorite podcast platform and invite a friend to listen in.